Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician, Dr. Robert Jackson. Papa, can you tell me a story? Do you really want me to tell you a story? (laughs) Well, you go get your brother and your sisters and I will tell you a story. Welcome to Devotions with Dr. Papa. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Jackson. I'm continuing in a Bible study in the book of Job. I'd like to share with you that in the last week, my family has attended three funerals. And sadly, all three of the folks that were put in the ground left questions in the minds of those left behind as to their eternal destiny. There were questions about all of them regarding their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that left a great deal of uncertainty in the hearts of family members and friends. And so in my scripture reading, I came upon Job chapter 14 and verse 14, where he asked a question and says, If a man die, shall he live again? If a man die... Shall he live again? Well, we all know folks who believe that when they die, that there will be oblivion, annihilation, that their soul will just evaporate and turn into nothingness, and that their physical body will go into the ground and become food for the worms, and their person will be no more. And then there are world religions like the Hindus, the Buddhists, and the Sikhs, who believe that the soul can be reincarnated many times until it reaches enlightenment or nirvana is achieved. So which is it? If a man dies, will he live again? Job asked that question, and it's a very good question. It's a question that folks have struggled with for centuries. Is it oblivion? Is it multiple reincarnations? But yet the Holy Scriptures say it is appointed unto man once to die. And then comes the judgment. The Bible makes it plain that man dies one physical death. And then he has to deal with his creator. He has to face the judge of all the earth. The Bible also says the soul that sins, it shall surely die. The Bible tells us that the consequence or the penalty of sin is death. That means both physical death and spiritual death. We all understand that death is a separation. It's the separation of the soul from the body, but it's also a separation of the spirit from God, the unregenerate spirit from God. Now, you understand that we're all born spiritually dead. Ephesians 2.1 says that you were dead in your trespasses and sin. Paul was speaking to the Ephesians church, and he's telling them that before they came to know the Lord Jesus Christ, that they were spiritually dead. He says you were, past tense, you were dead in your trespasses and sin. Sin had caused them to be spiritually dead. We are all in that physical and spiritual condition. You see, we are all born 
physically alive, but spiritually dead. In fact, in Psalms 51, 5, David said, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my my, my mother conceived me. Now, he's not saying that he was born because of a sinful or adulterous relationship. What he's saying is that when he was born, he was born with an inherited sin nature. And we all know that's true, because who has to teach a two-year-old how to rebel? (laughs) Who has to teach a two-year-old how to say no to their parents? Every one of us came into this world with an inherited sin nature that has a propensity to rebel against authority, the authority of parents and the authority of God. Death is a part of life. In Job chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, there's a very interesting passage that I'd like to read for you. Job chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, Job said, Man who is born of woman is short-lived and full of turmoil. Like a flower, he comes forth and withers. He also flees like a shadow and does not remain. You also open your eyes on him and bring him into judgment with yourself. Who can make the clean out of the unclean? (laughs) No one. Since his days are determined, the number of his months is with you, and his limits you have set so that he cannot pass. Turn your gaze from him so that he may rest until he fulfills his days like a hired man. You see, Job is complaining to God about the brevity of life and how quickly life is spent like a flower that comes forth and withers like a shadow that does not remain. But Job was not the only one. The psalmist, King David, also had a complaint. Look at Psalms chapter 49, where where David exclaimed about the, the brevity of life. In Psalms chapter 49, verses five through nine, David says this. He says, why should I fear in days of adversity? When the iniquity of my foes surrounds me, even those who trust in their wealth and boast in the abundance of their riches, no man can by any means redeem his brother or give to God a ransom for him. For the redemption of his soul is costly and he should cease trying forever, that he should live on eternally that he should not undergo decay. For he sees that even wise men die. The foolish and the senseless alike perish and leave their wealth to others. Well, look at verse 16 to 20 in Psalms 49. Do not be afraid when a man becomes rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dies, he will carry nothing away. His glory will not descend after him, though while he lives he congratulates himself. And though men praise you when you do well for yourself, he shall go to the generation of his fathers. They will never see the light. Man in his pomp, yet without understanding, is like the beast 
that perish. And so the psalmist is given a very accurate description that that both the rich and the poor, the wealthy, the wise, and the foolish all go to the grave. Death is inevitable. No one lives forever. No one escapes the grave. But then Job asked that question. If a man dies, will he live again? The psalmist in Psalm 49 and verse 15 says, But God will redeem my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. You see, the psalmist had this confidence that there was a redeemer and that God would redeem his soul from hell. And then Job in chapter 19, verses 25 to 27. Let's look at what Job had to say. He was not through with the things that he had to say. Job chapter 19, verse 25 to 27. He said, Oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book, that with an iron stylus and lead they were engraved in the rock forever. As for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will take his stand on the earth. Even after my skin is destroyed, yet from my flesh I shall see God, whom I myself shall behold, and whom my eyes will see, and not another. My heart faints within me. You see, Job had this confidence, this supreme confidence, that one day he himself would behold his Redeemer. He had a confidence that he had a Redeemer who would one day make all things right, who would one day right all wrongs, and would stand beside him in the judgment as his personal advocate. He was persuaded that death did not close the book on his existence, that death did not close the book on his life. There was an afterlife promised by his God and that death only opened the door to the next life. So the answer to Job's question, if a man dies, will he live again, is yes, yes, a resounding yes, a man will live again. Paul, the apostle, said that the free gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then Jesus himself said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who lives and believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Jesus is the resurrection. He is the life. So this begs the question. How does one go from being born spiritually dead to possessing the life of God? How does one go from being spiritually dead to being born again? Well, that's a good question. Nicodemus, the rabbi, the Pharisee, asked Jesus that question many years ago when he snuck away at night and had a a nighttime nocturnal interview with Jesus, and he asked him, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? 
And Jesus cuts straight to the chase. And he looks at him and he says, you must be born again. And Nicodemus looked at him like a calf looking at a new gate. He cocked his head to one side and he had that quizzical look upon his face. And then he says, how can I, after already being born, enter a second time into my mother's womb? And I have to laugh every time I read that because just a few weeks ago in vacation Bible school, I was teaching fifth graders. And I was teaching them about being born again. And this big, strong, husky fifth grade boy threw both arms up in the air when I talked about being born again. And in exasperation, he says out loud, how can I being born already enter again into my mother's belly and be born a second time? And when I when he said that, all the adults in the room burst into laughter because we were reminded of Nicodemus' question. How can one of us, after being born spiritually dead, be born again? Well, here's the answer to the question. It's a spiritual birth that occurs when we sincerely confess our sin, repent of sin, and receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our only Savior. In John chapter 1, verse 12, Jesus says to them that receive the Lord Jesus Christ, to them God gives the right to become the children of God, even to as many as believe on His name. Did you catch that last part? As believe on His name. You see, you must add a little tincture of faith to confessing sin repenting of sin and receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as your only Savior, you must add a little tincture of faith. For by grace are we saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And you see, that's how you and I are transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of God's beloved Son. That's how we are transferred from being spiritually dead to being spiritually alive, to possessing the life of God. And let me tell you, dear listener, that's a mystery. Oh, that's a mystery. It cannot be explained. And that's what Jesus told Nicodemus. He said to Nicodemus, it's like the wind. The wind blows where it wills and you can see it. You can hear it, but you can't explain it. And you can't control it. You and I can see the wind fill the sails on a giant sailboat and propel it across the ocean, but you can't see it and you can't control it. It only empowers that sailboat across the ocean. You can see the wind driving the, the, the big windmill panels and turning it, and, and it turns the grist mill, and you can hear it, but you can't see it, and it can't be controlled. You can't make it blow, and you can't make it stop. But it's inexplicable and mysterious. And so is the Spirit of God that enters into a man's heart and causes him to be born again into the kingdom of God. 
I can't make that happen. You can't make that happen. But we can see the results in the life of a man when the Spirit of God takes up residence in his heart and turns him into a brand new creation. You see, if any man is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation, a new creature, and the old things have passed away and all things become new. We can see the consequence. We can see the result of Holy Spirit taking up residence in a man's life. It changes him completely and it changes his destiny. And yes, if that man dies, he will live again because he possesses the life of God. The answer to the question is yes, yes, a thousand times yes, a man can live again. Oh, death, where is your victory? O grave, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you some advice in the final moments. When it comes time to die, leave no questions. Leave no questions in the heart of those who love you. Live your life in such a way that they know that you possess the life of God. They know that you've been born again. Cling to the blood of the cross. Cling to the Word of God. Cling to the church of God and be an active participant in studying the Word. An active participant in the life of the body of Christ. And be one who openly confesses your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ so that when it comes time to lay your body in the ground, your family and friends have no doubts. They have no questions. Dear brother and dear sister, leave no questions. And the last thing is this. Live your life in such a way that when it comes time to die, all you have left to do is to die. You're listening to More Than Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Jackson. If you like what you hear, please follow, like, or share. And tell your friends about Devotions with Dr. Papa, which is heard on More Than Medicine. And may the Lord bless you real good. Thank you for listening to this edition of More Than Medicine. For more information about the Jackson Family Ministry, Dr. Jackson's books, or to schedule a speaking engagement, Go to their Facebook page, Instagram, or their webpage at jacksonfamilyministry.com. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Production at bobsloan.com.